previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. And then we went around up to Norway, and the problem was there were, it's so cloudy and rainy there that she couldn't see the stars. And I, I have built up for three years that the best part of going to sea in the Navy in the middle of the Atlantic is the stars. Yeah. Right. And she couldn't see it. She basically thinks that I'm a liar at this point. <laughs> Littles podcast on the WTFC podcast network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Go O's. <laughs> hey, Little. <laughs> who hey, is that? Chuck. What do you mean, what was that? <laughs> I said, who was that? Oh, who is that? <laughs> Chuck's excited. Tiny we Chuck. We have Tiny Chuck in the house. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's how been could we so not? long. How could we not? I right? know. Probably I mean, the last time was when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I'm always on a good time. Yeah. Oh, I see. No, that's not. I was, I was referring to the Orioles, Chuck. I was referring to, I mean, I think I've told the story, but we have a lot of new listeners. Truth be told, Tiny Chuck here is the person that got Chuck here back into baseball. Yes. He got me back into it, got me revved up for it, and he paid the Dust price. Those cleats off. <laughs> well, and you paid the price because it was in 2001 on the Jekyll and Hyde tour. And I, it's, yep, I think yep. it's a better story when I first told it, but I was wrong. <laughs> okay. Oh. When I said it was opening day, it wasn't open yet. It was like the third game of the season mm. and yeah. no mo, no hit the Orioles for the Red Sox. <laughs> That's right. Okay. He pitched a no hitter. The next day I cut out all the headlines from the USA Today and taped them in his bus window. <laughs> For him to see, and at that moment, he knew he created a monster. Yeah, We're, I remember that. God, yeah, what, yeah. When we, when you used to have to use the newspaper to get your yeah right. sports information. We had phones then, though. We just didn't have like. Well, Did we had, you? Yeah, we had phones then. They were they weren't so smart. Yeah, they were, they were kind of dumb. They were kind of dumb. <laughs> All right, well, Chuck. I mean, we don't normally talk sports here. Okay, we know that, but. I mean, we kind of have to. That's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we kind of have to. I mean, we have Tiny Chuck here. And like I said, the most diehard O's fan that I know personally. Now, obviously, I've met a few Littles yes. that are high up on that I was going to say. If not equal. There's a lot of O's fans. Oh, no, absolutely. But I mean, wide. going back. You know, you're my first, I yeah. guess, is what I'll say. Sure. And oh, thanks. Like I said, I saw the passion <laughs> burn deep. And because, like I said, you got me back into baseball. I mean, what exactly does this mean? Now, I did some history homework for myself because I was going to say, hey, Chuck, I was at the last game of the last playoff that the O's were in, and that's totally wrong. I didn't realize it was only 2016, right? Uh, was it? I think 14. 14? I thought it was 16. No, maybe th no that's... 14 is when we last won the division, I think. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I think 2016 was just a wild card game you lost. Wild card. Yeah. We botched it. Yeah, yeah something like that. And then, and but it was 2012, game five, and it was here in New York. And I was trying to pull for you because it was a five-game, you know, best out of five. And you just kept alternating. So it came down to game five. And unfortunately, you didn't pull it. I think it was 3-1 was the final. But I remember going to try to, like, pull because we weren't in it. And I was like, yeah. I got to, you know, go and root, even though I didn't really have a horse in the race, as they say. Yeah. But Chuck, seriously, what does this mean to you? I mean, it was funny. We were texting the other day. You had brought this to my attention that just two years ago, you had lost over 100 games. And now you won 100 yeah. games. In two years, we went from, I think, probably second to last in all of baseball and yeah. yeah. to second to best this year. So, yeah, for what they would consider a small market team, a lot of times you get these windows, you know, like when the Royals won, you have these. Sure, Tampa Bay. You obviously yeah. 
draft really well, and then you have great players for a couple of years, and then they all either split or your farm system's dried up. But I think this is different this time because, one, we exceeded expectations for the season for sure. And, two, we still have a lot of young people in the system and on this roster, and so hopefully we'll be sticking around for a while. So I don't feel yeah. like this is quite as like as now or never kind of a thing. Right. Like I did kind of in the past. Yeah. But, you know, now just hearing you talk a little bit, now I've already started getting nervous. For <laughs> no, we're just here to enjoy uh, the moment real. and say congratulations. Yes. And it's a great moment. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like, who, who knows what's going to happen on paper? There are going to be a lot better teams than us in the postseason. But that's why you play the games. Yeah. Um, you've got as good a chance as anybody. So we'll see what happens. But I don't feel like if it doesn't happen this year that we'd start all over again. Yeah, well, that scares me. I didn't like you hear. I didn't like hearing you say that. That's for sure. Because you know, <laughs> obviously we stunk it up this year and had the bottom of the division. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we need to we need a full two year turnaround is what it sounds like. Yep. And I'm a little nervous <laughs> because we've been used to that in the past. I mean, not to throw numbers, right. but, you know, we won in 2013 sure. and then we had we went first to worst and stayed at worst and then, but within two more years, we won again. Yeah. So you're like, okay, if we're going to win one every five years. I'll, I'll, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. You know, totally, like, totally. Right. Hey, I'd just take one in my, like... Your lifetime. <laughs> my, well, yeah, my... Your adult lifetime. Memorable lifetime, yeah, right. for, for sure. Right. So, now, Chuck, the Chiefs, chefs, win the Super Bowl, right? Like, what was that? Days after your daughter was born, right? Right, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, now, if the O's win the World Series this year, I mean, you're going to buy her a car right now, right? <laughs> like... I, yeah, right. I totally owe her something. Got to be the good luck charm, right? Yeah. She'll, even if I don't say something, you know, 10 years from now, she'll be like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> that happened my first year of life and you haven't done shit for me? <laughs> yeah, 10 years exactly. old saying you haven't done shit for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, wait a second. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> In Chuck's house, I could see it. Oh, um, no. That's there's definitely, uh, I have kind of an ace in my pocket kind of a thing that I'm not going to play. I'll come on after the World Series is over, uh, no matter who's in it, and tell you what it was. Because I don't want to jinx anything. Okay. All right. Uh, no, we're not here to jinx alert. anything. No, we're just here, like no. I said, right. to celebrate mm-hmm. I'm a the big, I'm a yep. big jinxer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe nope, nope. in all that. You we know? don't want to do any of that. Nope. 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 I, I believe in all that stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just lay low. All right. Okay. Well, congratulations, Chuck. It's yeah. good to have you back. It's yeah, been forever. I know. Um, yeah. It's good to hear from you guys. And be back on the pod. In all serious, we should, we need want to take a second. We need to talk about our schedule, okay? Now, we have this special episode today. Yes. It's been in the works for a while and we're very excited about that. But now there comes a price with it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try, but probably she already gets she's already giving me bad looks. Okay. No, well, we're not going to try. I'm not try. giving you any looks. There's not going to be a show on Tuesday. <laughs> I how, how's that, Roxy? I'm just going to say it. I, look, you know, okay, it's Okay, so tomorrow Chuck leaves for tour. Okay, mm-hmm. I start first thing Monday on the morning. the road again. I start first thing Monday morning with a load in, and then we have rehearsal on Tuesday, and then we mm-hmm. open. We have a, a run, a dress rehearsal in the afternoon, a run through. So the point is, no time. Well, it's going to be a little stressful for Chuck because it's a show that I've never done. Mm-hmm. I only watched three performances of it. I was trained, and this was uh, three months ago. Yeah. You know, so I haven't really done it since. Yeah. So anyway, it's going to be a little stressful. So I think we're going to just tell you there's no show. If there is. 
it'll be a bonus. It'll be a surprise. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I think Roxy's right. I think I need to just get out there, concentrate you, on the you show. Need to get out there, settle. Right. Once the show's open, mm-hmm. then we can jump back into the podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to have that going the whole time. Hopefully, yep. we're already prepped for it with our Meet the Littles guests and yeah. all that stuff. So we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did want to just let you know the schedule because we know a lot of people get upset <laughs> when Tony doesn't give his. Right. And I'm one of them. I'm like, you sure just, are. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? I need to know. But yeah, so we just wanted to do that. We have to clean up on, I guess, Isle Chuck. It really wasn't my fault, but we never announced last week's guillotine. That's right. I don't like to call them loser, but they got it. He got his head chopped off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian Becker. Unfortunately, it's time to go. We're playing the music. It's uh, it was sad. It's always sad, right, Chuck? I mean, now Chuck, you're doing well this year. Oh, it's never sad for me unless I'm the one. Right, right. Now, we have some inside dirt. Now, I don't know if I believe this, okay, but he seemed really sincere about it. Apparently, Ritz, who's already out, okay, he claims he didn't know he was ever in. Yeah, he didn't put himself in. So Someone he, put in for him. Well, I, it must have been Smitty Scoop. But must he, have been. He must have just assumed. Wait, does that mean I have one, too? What? We have one what? Because he was very insistent that I have my own team. Oh, no, And no. I didn't do it. No, I'm pretty sure. But So Ritz is <laughs> saying that he didn't draft at all. He didn't even know. So even after the draft, he didn't know to go look at his team, to yeah. make adjustments, stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'll <laughs> believe. He did seem very sincere when he was telling us the story yeah. of bowling. So. But he seems very sincere about everything he says. So that's true. Can you really believe that's it? That's true, Ritz. That's, mm. a, that's, a, that's a good quality. But... Uh, mm. <laughs> Very suspicious. But, uh, yeah, I'm so, going to use that one, too, when I go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, after, like, what? week 10, what? I had no what? idea I was in the game. <laughs> uh, but so we have to say goodbye to Brian Becker, episode 83? Yes. Yes, episode 83. It was nice knowing you. We barely knew you. And, see you next time. Uh, see you next year, hopefully. <laughs> barely knew you. We Well, that's all we can say. All right, while we're... Saying goodbye. We also have to thank some people. We have Chris Suma, episode 263, very yeah. recent. Heard the box of that. Yeah. Now, he went into how he has his own, it's a hobby, he said, but he's mm-hmm. kind of doing a little side business of reprinting and stuff like that. And he sent Roxy a little treat. Oh, my goodness. I got a t-shirt, two t-shirts. The first one says, come on, Roxy, let's go party, like Barbie theme. <laughs> and then the other t-shirt was made for me requested by episode 53 Dina and Damascus and he made it for me so basically Dina has been taking my Tuesday night tone classes and calls it torture Tuesday so she requested and asked him to make a t-shirt for me that says torture Tuesday yeah it's pretty funny and it's in spooky light <laughs> spooky lettering I don't know if that makes sense to anybody but it looks very spooky, and I love it. Yeah, and, and he sent us some luggage tags, the Loyal lo- Littles podcast yes, luggage and tags, stickers. and some stickers. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Littles, don't forget to check that out. It's all Elite Sublimation, and that's over on uh, Instagram, I believe. Yep. Yep. So check all his stuff out there, mm-hmm. and uh, he said he'll give the Littles a discount. So yeah. I mean, we don't have a code or anything, but just make sure you let him know you're a Little, and he'll try to hook you up as best he can. Yes. So that was great. Thank you for that. And then Jim Lean, episode TBD. Hopefully. You know, I had him. I had him on the hook. (laughs) And then he kind of backed out. Uh, But I think he's going to come on. It it was a scheduling thing. But he was mm -hmm. a little nervous, too. But I think once I talked to him a little bit, he was like, yeah, I'll come on. But this is really sweet. He used the code. 
He used yeah. the code LLPOD. He went over to Venmo and just typed in LLPOD and gave us a one-time donation. That was really sweet. Very, we really very appreciate nice. It. Thank you so much. And remember, if you want to support the podcast, just head on over to our website. LoyalLittlesPod.com. Scroll to the bottom. You'll see where it's the Spotify anchor link. Mm-hmm. And you can support the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month. Mm-hmm. Chuck, have you done that? Uh, it's in the mail, I believe. <laughs> it's in the mail. <laughs> no, but seriously, Littles. And that's why we also have the Venmo. Yeah, in case you don't want the You don't want the reoccurring subscription. Mm-hmm. This way you can just give us a one-time, you know, But you donation. have the options. But you ha- Yeah, you have all, all options. All the options. Even a penny. So some other quick things before we <laughs> get to our amazing guest. Yes. Uh, Survivor Talk, quick. Survivor started uh. this week. Remember, check out episode 200. It's Rick Devins mm-hmm. on our podcast. Yes. And now he's on the official Survivor. It's called On Fire Survivor Podcast. Make sure you check that out. He's doing a great job on that. Mm-hmm. We heard from Brad Phillips, episode 184. It just says WTF. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> About Survivor? About Survivor. <laughs> yeah, it was a, we, we won't go into it because we know a lot of people. But yeah. you know, it's funny. I saw on the Twitter page that there are some littles that watch Survivor. Yeah, right. So that's cool. Yeah, we had a... Was, I was a little fired up about it. Oh, I was so angry. You were so Basically, angry. Basically, Chuck, there was a quitter. First episode. Now, mm-hmm. I know it's... A lot of people are saying one day. Okay, you got to remember, I'm not saying it's in her defense. Two it's days. three days. It's three days. Three days, yeah. So there's, they're out there for three days before mm-hmm. the first tribal. Mm-hmm. So it isn't just one day. But I mean, I'd be hungry and it, want food too, but I also wouldn't ridiculous. go on the show. Well, she wanted nicotine. Like, and we've seen other players with nicotine patches in the past. Oh, but that was yeah. one of the things she's like, I just need some nicotine. You know, we're like, three days, really? And oh, I missed that yeah, part. Yeah, <laughs> so. Hmm. Anyway. And there was other things that fired me up a little bit, but well, yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. maybe another time mm-hmm. we'll get into that. We don't mm-hmm. want to go too crazy. And then, but we also have to give a shout out to the Golden Bachelor. Oh yeah, which we both did watch. Oh, Chuck, yeah. Chuck, did you watch that? Probably not. Oh. I cried like five times throughout. Okay, but it was a little creepy too at times. That's a, little all I'm bit, say. a little bit, uh, a little that's bit, a little bit. That's all I'm gonna say. We watched it right before we went bowling, mm-hmm. and so Sydney saw it too. Yes. And so we were all talking about it. Uh, it was interesting. I so will say that. What's the creepy part? I mean, I would say the creepiness for me came from, and you get this on the regular franchise as well, The Bachelor, Bachelorette and stuff. Sometimes the contestants have this like look in their eyes that you're like, oh no, oh no, I don't, I don't know if I would feel safer on them. Yeah. So Chuck, one of the people comes out of the limo, she's like got a walker and she's like <laughs> that was hunched, Leslie, I think. hunched over mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, do you need help? And she's like, and so she tosses the and walker, she rips off the her gown or whatever and her, and her wig. wig and she's like this hot 60 some year old <laughs> and she's like do I look like I need help and he's like absolutely not so then they cut to the part where she's <laughs> they do like out, an like an intro of like who yeah. she is and she's like a fitness instructor yeah and so Roxy turns to and, me and she's says, like dance and she does dance classes and she goes and you stuff. realize that's going to be me someday and I went I certainly hope so <laughs> I, <was laughs> I, I do too <laughs> I was like yeah oh my gosh yep so no, it was really fun and I'm excited to see it continue. So yeah, absolutely. All right. We got to get to our great guest here, yeah. but we have a few reminders. Don't forget toy hall of fame. Chuck, don't forget your toy hall of fame entry. Uh, entry. Cause this is actually one. The third wheels can play. Yes. You know, because this isn't a voting thing. This is you either got it or you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the NCAA tournament. They right. can play that too. So get your, uh, entry in for that. And then of course, don't forget about we Make sure you go over there, get your tickets. The date is coming up. We are in October already almost. So make sure you do that and make sure you use our code, Choxy. 
We have a new code, Chuck. Yes. Choxy. Choxy. And get your discount Choxy. off the ticket price there. Yes. Okay. C-H-O-X-Y. All right, you two. They've waited long enough. They sure have. For this very special episode. We are so thankful. It's just amazing. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Meredith Boosie, and you are listening to The Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Too much time taking shortcuts Should have learned it the right way Cause patient hands tend to wisdom From sunken ships and renegades Oh, I got too much time to lose And I don't think I'm pulling through I try to follow all the paths that lay before me It only takes just one mistake To hit the ground, a spiral down And when a king loses his crown It's just a warning I'm doing my best So why do I feel like a liar? We are being played in this episode by up-and-coming artist Jack Blair, and this song is called One For Me. Now, if you like what you hear, he asks one thing. Just head on over to Instagram and give him a follow over there. The handle is at Jack Blair underscore B2B. That's J-A-C-K-B-L-A-I-R underscore B2B. And we'll have all that in the show notes. But the most important part is we will play the full song One For Me at the end of the podcast. Figure out that I'm the villain in all my stories. It's Ali when Joe's around. Kick myself when I'm down. One left hand, show the glory. I'm doing my best. So why do I feel like a liar? All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the big and Roxy. Oh my gosh, how, Chuck. How freaking I'm, lucky are we? I'm, I'm, this I'm is a dream come speechless. true for Chuck here. Yes. Littles, how lucky are we? Please welcome to the podcast, Tim Kirchin. Hey, Tim, how's it going? <laughs> I'm well. I'll start quickly with, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I have traveled across the country and some total stranger, whether I'm in Denver, Seattle, wherever I am, has a Tony Kornheiser avocados, la cheeserie, they, and they just say hello. They give me a Tony Kornheiser reference, and they keep walking. It's amazing. It's <laughs> so amazing the reach that this show has. Yes. It's incredible. Yes. And now there's a podcast about his podcast, right. basically. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we are really lucky. This is such an honor, yeah. And, and Tim, what our list, they obviously know you from the big show, and mm-hmm. what we like to do, and it's been really successful for us, is – we like to get to know you. We like to go way back. Yeah. We would love to, because even I, who know quite a bit about you from the TK show and other places, mm-hmm. we just like to meet you, as we say. It's yeah. meet the bigs. So could you take us way back? Could you just introduce yourself to all the little littles out there? Tell us where you grew up, where you went to school, stuff like that. Yeah, I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland. I went to Walter Johnson High School, named after the greatest pitcher of all time. I played baseball and basketball there, but I also wrote for the school paper, it's called The Pitch. Uh, uh, I did some work for the yearbook. It was called The Wind-Up. Uh, 
And that's really uh, where I got my start as a sports writer. I was indescribably bad as a writer in high school working for the pitch. My senior year, one of my gym teachers, Mr. Klein, came up to me and said, Tim, that might be the worst story I've ever read in the school paper. I hope you're not planning on making this your life's work. And yet, uh, miraculously, I did. I went to the University of Maryland, majored in journalism, came right out of school, uh, worked at the Montgomery Journal, the Washington Star, worked for newspapers for 12, 14 years, Sports Illustrated for eight, and the last 25 at ESPN. And I am the luckiest man in the world to have covered baseball this long. Wow. wow. It sounds like a dream. It must be. I now, mean, good job for sticking with it. You had a passion. You said, I don't care what Mr. So-and-so Well, that's says. what I was going to say. Amazing. Did you ever, or are you too humble to do this? Did you ever go back? You said it was a gym a, teacher, gym teacher from, from the pitch, right? You said? Well, from Walter Johnson High School. Okay. The thing was, he was right. So it was oh, okay. a terrible story. Mm-hmm. And it actually fueled me. But no, I never considered giving up because... Again, I grew up in a baseball family. My dad was a really good player. My two brothers, Matt and Andy, are in the Baseball Hall of Fame at Catholic University. This is the primary language we spoke in my house growing up. This is the only thing we really cared about in my house beyond being good people and going to school and being good students. My dad had a tremendous feel for the game. And uh, he passed that along to his boys. So this isn't something that I got interested in after college. This has been with me since literally the day I was born. And I still love it today at age 66 as much as I ever have. Well, I basically, going back to this gym teacher, I wanted, (laughs) did you ever go back and just say, eat it? Uh, No, I would never do that because I repeat, he was right. right. He inspired me to get better. That's Um, so wonderful. Right. And after I graduated from college, I went to work at the Washington Star and I got an interview after the Star folded. I mean, I was a staff writer at a great newspaper and I went to interview at the Washington Post after that where Tony Kornheiser was working because they interviewed everyone from the Washington Star. My interview lasted a total of nine minutes. I did not get the job. And that inspired me also. I kept saying, well, I better get a whole lot better than I am. Otherwise, I'm not going anywhere in this business. And fortunately, I got better. This is great. Have you ever thought of having a theater career of any sort? It sounds like exactly (laughs) what we go through, sir. Yeah. You know, you hear so many no's. Thank you. We'll call you. Don't call You know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it makes you, it inspires you to get better. Yes. That's all you can take it as. Yes. No, there is no acting ability in me. (laughs) My son was the star of all the school plays in high school. All the talent is with our kids. My son to play the piano. He can sing. I have absolutely no talent when it comes to that. My daughter, Kelly, is a brilliant artist. My wife is a great artist. I'm the worst artist ever. My mom used to hang my artwork on the inside of the refrigerator when I was a kid. That's, that's how bad I was. So yeah, I have very few skills, very few talents. I finally figured out how to write So my love of baseball has carried me through to this point. Now, so when you went to college, were you a journalism major? Yes, I went to the University of Maryland. I thought, all right, I'm not going to play baseball and basketball in college. 
because A, I wasn't good enough, and B, I was 5'2 and 115 pounds when I went to college, looking really good, by the way. So I said, all right, how in the world am I going to make a career in baseball if I can't play anymore? Because that's all I ever wanted to do as a kid was play in the big leagues. So I said, all right, I'm going to have to learn how to write. I don't know how to do it yet, but the University of Maryland helped me, and writing all the time helped me. And eventually, like I said, I figured it out. Eventually. Right. Now, you said 5'2"? Yeah, I graduated from high school at 5'2". Wow. As Tony would say, sneaky short. Yeah. I would wow. never, from seeing you on TV was, and stuff, I would never know that. You know, it's... Uh, well, I'm now, I've grown all yeah. the way up to 5'5 five five now. Whoa. So, wow. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. And I'm up to 140 pounds, too. So my <laughs> high school basketball coach told me I should become a jockey. Oh, oh right. I, yeah. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've been on a horse once. Believe me. And there's no jockey in my life. <laughs> well, Tim, another thing we like to do, obviously, is can we go into your relationship with Tony? How did you first get introduced to him? I'm guessing at the Washington Post. And just tell us some stories about Tony, if you can. Yeah, Tony was at the Post when I was at the Star. Mm -hmm. So, And back then, there was a tremendous newspaper war going on, late 70s, early 80s. You know, back then when you had two, three, four healthy newspapers in a city, those days are so far over, sadly. But yes, that's where I met Tony. He didn't do much baseball, and I did. But I saw him at basketball games. I saw him at football games. We shared a love for basketball. I love basketball. And I was always just dazzled by how great a writer he was and obviously still is. And that's how I got to know him. We famously covered the 1989 earthquake in San Francisco. And you know how Tony worries about everything here. We're stuck in an earthquake (laughs) in San Francisco in a stadium that might collapse any second. And it was the wildest, weirdest night maybe of my entire life. We finally got on a bus, like a city bus that got us from Candlestick Park back into the city. And I'm not kidding you. The entire city of San Francisco was dark. There were no lights. All the power in the city was out. And here, Tony, who's panicking about everything, is coming back on the city bus into a city that is completely dark. And he and I and a bunch of other sports writer friends of ours slept on the floor of the Marriott downtown San Francisco because we couldn't get to our hotels because bridges and roads were out. It was absolutely insane. And that's one night I shared with Tony that I'm glad I did, but boy, I wish it had been under different circumstances. Sure. Wow. Wow. And so what happened after that? Eventually you obviously got out, but how many days did it take you? Well, I spent five more days there writing stories about what has happened in San Francisco, what is going to happen to the World Series. Mm. And I was told to go back home for a couple days And then I came right back from D.C. back to San Francisco and I covered the rest of the World Series. But we all became news writers for about almost a week. And that was really difficult stuff because the reason I got into sports was it's the toys and games department. It's fun. It's where people go as an escape from the difficulties of real life. And here I was covering real life. 
buildings that had collapsed, bridges that had collapsed. It was really, it was a great challenge for me. I got through it. I don't think I was very good at it compared to writing about baseball, but it sure was a great learning experience. Sure. Wow. Now, did Tony stay out there or he went home too? Um, I don't think Tony stayed as long as I did. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I kind of lost track of him sure. after we parted from the Marriott lobby, which was in complete darkness also. Yeah. But I'm not sure what he did. But suffice it to say, I always admired Tony. Like I said, he was a great writer and is a great writer. But really what stuck out for me is when he went to write his style column mm-hmm. every Sunday. And here for a sports writer to just go write just a style column every, it was absolutely can't miss reading because as funny as he is in person, he's even funnier in print. And that is a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Oh, the books are amazing. Yeah. Roxy knows I I read them all the time. Yeah. I'll just pick out a column here and there you know, from his books. Read and them just, to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll be yeah. like, you have to read this one. You have to read this one. <laughs> and a lot of them for me really connected with me and my dad when he was passing because mm-hmm. of what Tony went through with his dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really meant a lot. So real quick, later in life, when you stayed connected to, to, to this day, I mean, you're obviously still close. We're so thankful he has you on the podcast yeah. here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that relationship continue on? Um, I'm not sure what happened. I think being around the area as long as I have been, he sees me at games. So he brings me on the podcast once and it went pretty well. So I became a regular, I guess. Occasionally I could make him laugh mostly by making fun of myself. And (laughs) with Tony, if you can make Tony laugh, which is not the easiest thing in the world to do, He's going to bring you back. And, mm-hmm. and then w- within a short amount of time, the connections to the show, whether it's avocados or any other stupid thing that he got me involved in. Um, <laughs> once he started doing that, now we have something to bring back the next time we're on. And as, <laughs> I might as well tell you now, I did a book signing maybe 10 years ago. And the first guy who comes to the book signing brings me an avocado as a gift. And so did the second guy and the third guy. So three people have been through the line and all three of them gave me an avocado. And it was so interesting because nobody else came through the line and asked, like, what are the avocados for? It's like they were. They were all in on the story. And as you know, the show comes up with the funniest, stupidest songs about people ever. And some incredibly clever guy, I should know who it is. I'm sorry, I forgot. But he wrote a song about me. And instead of it being Desperado by the Eagles, it was Avocado. And I can't sing, but instead of saying desperado it was avocado so they took one of the great eagles songs of all time and they just destroyed it by making it about avocados but it was really funny and that story came up and this is so typical of tony one of the people on the show had seen me at the harris teeter right around the corner from my house and she was going to come up and say hello to me and uh I guess she was nervous to say hello to me, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And Tony said, what were you doing there? And I just said, well, I I think at the time I was buying avocados. I 
I love them. And then suddenly now I'm the only person in the world that loves avocados. Right. So <laughs> that, that was the genesis of that story. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. And we're so lucky for it. That's yes. all I could say. Yeah. And yes, I know that jingle well. It's so funny. We even have people that have come on our podcast who, out of love, do impersonations. Yes. Joe Magnu comes to mind. Yeah. And he actually works for all major sports. I forget which network he works for. He's a cameraman. Yeah. So he does all the major sports. He yeah. does baseball. He does mm-hmm. hockey. He mm-hmm. does football. You know. And he was telling a story when he met you. You probably don't remember, but he uh, said how he met you in a food line at one of the stadiums or something. And he mentioned it. And you said something like, oh, man, another little <laughs> something like that. And it's great. That's yeah. all I could say. Yeah. Yeah. We might play it on this episode at some point. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, that's a great place to take a break. But listen, Littles, don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss the rest of this. We'll be right back with... Meet the Big. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Ross. Can we try it once and say Chip and Reggie? This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Doxy. <laughs> and Keith Ammerman. Keith Ammerman. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast and Roxy. I'm speechless at how much of an honor this is. How lucky are we? I mean, did you ever think in your wildest dreams that... I'd be talking to the avocado guy? <laughs> right, exactly. Never. All right. Now, I always find this interesting. Obviously, you're a big baseball fan. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite team, favorite sport? I mean, is it baseball? Is that your favorite sport? Or is it basketball? No, baseball okay. is clearly my favorite sport. I love, love, love basketball. It's the only other thing in the world that I, I understand. Baseball and basketball, they're like the only two things I can even talk intelligently about, you know, politics, religion, geography. I stink at all those things, but I love basketball. But baseball has always been my favorite. It always will be my favorite just because of the history of the game. And what I like most about it, and people disagree with me on this, is that the star player doesn't decide every single game in baseball. The ninth hitter might get the big hit. Whereas Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, LeBron James, they always take the last shot. They're Mm -hmm. always the best player on the court. They always dominate the game, and the game always goes through them. The 12th guy in an NBA game is never on the court for the final shot, and he never is allowed to take the final shot. But in baseball, the 180 hitter who's 0 for his last 20 gets a hit to win the game. That's one reason why I love baseball even more than basketball. And believe me, I could sit and watch basketball all day long. I just think baseball is a better game for a variety of reasons. And it's the hardest game in the world to play, which I will argue with anyone. Absolutely. We could hang out, sir. I 100% (laughs) agree with everything you said. Now, do you have a favorite team? Do you get to root for a favorite team? No. As a journalist, I stopped rooting a long, long time ago. In fact, when I grew up in Washington, D.C., being a Senators fan, Mm -hmm. when the team was terrible, but they were my team, so I loved them. I also loved the San Francisco Giants with Willie Mays, uh, who was the greatest player I've ever seen then and still today, by the way. And But once I started covering baseball, it became clear you're not going to be rooting for anybody or anything. And I had a sports editor at the Washington Star, Dave Smith, who taught us all that. You better not be. If we see you rooting for anyone, you're out of a job. It's that simple. So all I'm rooting for 
is a good story. When the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004 for the first time in 86 years, that was a great story. When the Cubs won in 2016, that was a great story. So I'm rooting for great stories, but I can't root for people. I can't root for teams. I'm just going to be an objective reporter. It's the only way to go about this. Yeah, you're rooting for the perfect game, the no-hitter, stuff like that. Sure, sure. Wow. All right, well... Tim, can't thank you enough for taking the time to come meet the Littles like this. Now, we hope it's okay. We have some fun, dumb questions for you. Is that all right? The dumb questions as opposed to the ones you've already asked me? <laughs> well, they're not all about jump. avocados, no but, right. you know, I mean. Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> right. You can ask me anything you like. All right. Well, if you could host Saturday Night Live, if you were asked to actually host Saturday Night Live, who would you want to introduce as your musical guest? Well, I know absolutely nothing about music i thought jethro tull was a guy (laughs) and i just recently figured out that molly hatchet wasn't a girl it was a band (laughs) these are the things that i've never ever been good at but i met bruce hornsby once at the cal ripkin lou garrick game 21 31 and um it was really cool meeting bruce horns because i knew his music Mm -hmm. not well but i knew it and he had gigantic hands which i'm fascinated by because he's a big basketball player and i asked him if those giant hands really help him on the piano so i had a talk with him about basketball and playing the piano which was Kind of cool. And I met Kenny Chesney. So one of those two would be my musical guest, Kenny Chesney or Bruce Hornsby. Probably Kenny Chesney, because I've only been to three concerts in my life. I'm 66 years old. I've been to three. He was one of them, and he's only about an inch and a half taller than me. So we have a lot in common. I love that. That's great. All right, Rox, what do you got? Okay. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? (laughs) Well, Bullwinkle the Moose is the greatest cartoon character in the history of cartoon characters. And you two are way too young to understand. Go ask Tony Kornheiser about Bullwinkle the Moose. The Rocky and Bullwinkle show is the greatest cartoon ever. And Bullwinkle, if you really, as kids, we didn't really understand how clever he was and how funny he was and how sarcastic he was because we were too young. But when you watch that cartoon as an adult, it's absolutely hilarious. And my favorite TV show of all time is Get Smart. Also, way before your time. But I watched it. I mean, the same writer, Chris Hayward, wrote for Get Smart, and he wrote for The Bullwinkle Show. Ah. So I don't know if Chris Hayward is still with us, but that's one guy I would have loved to have met in my life because the words he used writing for TV and writing for cartoons is some of the funniest stuff I've ever heard. Well, that's very sweet of you to say, first of all, about me. But just for the record, I have 16 years on Roxy. He does. So, And I grew up with four older sisters, so yes. I know Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yes. Now, you said, you were just saying, Roxy, now she's an old soul, as they I say. I am, very old soul. So you watched Get Smart. Oh, my gosh, with my dad all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So she knows of it. Yep. Yeah. I know every episode, maybe not by number, but there is absolutely no chance that you can ask me something from that show and I, I will not know the answer. Right. I promise you I will. I've seen every episode. It's my two brothers and my father's favorite TV show of all time. We used to watch it at the 
dinner table while we were eating. My mother, it infuriated her because she <laughs> thought we should be talking about something important. Sure. And instead, we're howling in laughter at Maxwell Smart and the Chiefs. Oh, my gosh. Wow, so good. <laughs> All right. And last one real quick. What's one movie you love so much that you know you'll be best friends with another person just by them loving it as well? Well, Field of Dreams is my favorite movie of all time. Absolutely. And again, this is corny and it's hokey, but that movie's about a father and a son. Yeah. It's not about baseball. It's not about ghosts. It's not about Joe Jackson. Right. It's about a father and a son. And very few sons have had a better relationship with their father than I did with mine, who died in 2003. So the first time I saw that movie, all I could think about was my father. I've seen it a hundred times. Mm. Yep. I know every line from it. So that's a movie that if it's on, no matter how many times I've seen it, I have to sit and watch it because yeah. it was that good and that close to my heart. Absolutely. So special. As mm -hmm. I said, we could totally hang out. So. <laughs> all right, real quick, some rapid fire. Coke or Pepsi? Coke, but it should be Diet Coke. But also keep in mind, I drink a Diet Mountain Dew for breakfast every morning. I just now, at age 66, in the last two months, started to drink coffee for the first time in my entire life. And I actually like it now, but I still start every day with a Diet Mountain Dew, and it's the greatest tasting thing, especially at 5.30 in the mornings as I look at the box scores and get my day started. But Coke or Pepsi, I'll take a Coke. Okay. Tim, I think you realize in the business, we call that burying the lead. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's what I would say on this whole interview. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, just to finish that point, I did a game in England this year. Mm -hmm. I was the dugout reporter, and Michael Kay, the play-by-play -play guy, asked me, Tim, uh, I got a call-in question. Have you found any Diet Mountain Dew in London? Because <laughs> I'd been there for four days. And I said, no, it's a city of nine million people, and I couldn't find one Diet Mountain Dew in the entire city of London. So I checked my Twitter feed after the game. Never a good idea, by the way, to do that. And there were maybe 20 comments about the game, nothing about the point I made in the third inning, nothing about the interview I did in the fourth inning, nothing about some of the cool stuff that I did during the game. All anybody wanted to talk about was how much they love Diet Mountain Dew. It was absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And just another reminder, you need to relate to people. And I guess a Diet Mountain Dew at 530 in the morning relates to people. Yes, it sure does. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right, Roxy, one more for you. All right, Brady Bunch or the Partridge Family? That's a neither. Ne I never got into either one of them. And by the way, I know more about sitcoms from the 60s than virtually any person on the face of the earth. It's pathetic, the things that I know. <laughs> but I was not a big fan of either one of those. But if I have to pick one or the other, I'll take the Partridge Family. Okay, okay great. All right. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on to Meet the Littles. Now, is there anything we can plug for you? And how can we follow you on Twitter and all those places? Well, I haven't tweeted in about eight months. I'm on a little bit of a boycott here. Oh, okay. I, I have 700,000 followers, and I don't even know how to use it. <laughs> I, had, I accidentally sent out a butt tweet. You know, you know how you can butt call yeah. somebody? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I miraculously sent out a butt tweet tweet once that of course was complete gibberish it was so bad and i wrote 
an apology for what an idiot I am with technology. <laughs> and I got 10,000 likes for an apology that wow. I wrote. <laughs> Uh, so don't even worry about my Twitter feed because <laughs> okay. I I don't use it anymore because I'm always afraid I'm going to do something stupid yep. and it's going to end up in the wrong place because yeah. I'm so technologically <laughs> messed up. All right. Okay. And we know we can follow you all over ESPN yes. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Tim, thanks again for coming on. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Uranus jokes, not funny or never not funny. Oh, <laughs> well, when Tony tells them, they're always funny. Exactly. Yes. Another reminder, it's the person delivering the joke that makes the joke funny. Yes. If someone who's not funny delivers a joke that might be funny, it's the delivery that's the most important. And Tony's delivery is impeccable. Yes, it Excellent. is. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Tim, for coming on. We really appreciate the time. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. How lucky are we? (laughs) This is Rob Dundon, and you are listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. you're on royalty now we didn't tell chuck who the guest was he had no idea he had no idea and so he just got to hear it he got sweaty (laughs) (laughs) he's nervous now chuck's a little nervous you're talking about the orioles or the baseball man (laughs) (laughs) right before we forget that i want to acknowledge because he couldn't remember the gentleman's name it is sean morrissey Mm -hmm. sean morrissey episode 37 wow we miss him so long ago episode 37 he wrote that jingle avocado Uh uh-huh obviously a take on desperado by the eagles yep and tim loved it so much we talked more off air about that and he was just tickled pink so i hope sean hears this i really do so thank you for that we wanted to play that now i also did some research chuck does some research we're calling this segment <laughs> All right. He referred to Chris Hayward. Okay. Now, he was born in Bayonne, New Jersey. He was a writer for many different things, but the biggest things were he uh, wrote for the Rocky and Bullwinkle show, as he said, but he wrote for Alice, Barney Miller, Get Smart, 77 Sunset Stripped, and The Governor and JJ, and just a bunch of other little things. But he won with Alan Burns the 1968 Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing Achievement in a Comedy for the episode, The Coming Out Party, on the television show He and She. And he he wasn't sure if he was still with us. He's not, unfortunately. He died of cancer uh, in 2006. Yeah, had to figure that out for Mm -hmm. him because he he wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. All right, before we get to some emails, Roxy, we had a thing from Robert Dundon? We did, yes. And this is 
a yearly thing now. So he says, my name is Rob Dundon and I'm raising money for the Alzheimer's Association under the name Kathy's Legacy. I am here again this year to ask the Loyal Littles podcast community to get involved in our third annual Alzheimer's fundraiser, raffle and auction for Kathy's Legacy in memory of my mom, Kathy Dundon, who lost her battle with the disease six years ago. Partnering the last two years with Chatter on Books, I had collected close to two dozen signed books and brought in nearly $1,000 from the podcast listeners, family, and friends. This year, I have confirmations from this season's Chatter on Books guests, including Alma Katsu, Ilion Wu, Anna Reyes, Teresa Ronstetler, Lisa Cornwall, and a kid named Manny Jennings. Brendan Slocum and Jeff Perlman are back along with our inaugural donors, Nevin Martell, Lou Bayard, and Angie Kim, and a few surprises. With any luck, Tori and Liz Clark will join in too. Why is Crystal Liza Duncan me? With a donation of $25 or whatever you feel you can give, you can choose a signed book from one of the handful of authors as a thank you until the end of the year or until all books have been taken. And he gives the website, which we'll put in the show notes. And he says, thanks to everyone for your efforts in helping raise money and awareness to help local families in their fight and bring us one step closer to a world without Alzheimer's. Sincerely, Robert J. Dundon, episode 144. Yes, Tori was a sweetheart, and she mm-hmm. read a very similar thing on Chatter on Books. Yes. Which obviously, I'm guessing, gets a much bigger reach than this podcast. Right. But uh, Any it, little bit helps. Yeah, every little bit helps. No donation is too small. Mm-hmm. Go to our show notes. The link will be there. Yes. And you can just click on it and just head on over there. It's the same link as last year, except that it's 2023 this right. year instead of 2022, right. if you're familiar with the link. Mm-hmm. so But we'll put that in the show notes. All right, let's get to some emails. We heard from our Eric Londrigan. Now... Chuck, I'm going to need your help on this. But it says, Chuck and Roxy, the worm isn't a worm, and it's not in tequila. It's in Menzcal. What is that? <laughs> I always thought it was in tequila. Well, I think some tequilas put it in there. Okay. But it's kind of a gimmick. But Now, have you but ever from eaten what I the worm, Chuck? With me- oh, yeah, sure. What? Ew. In fact, Ew. I have worm salt. <gasps> Wait, what? What? So I watched this show on Netflix. You might have heard of it. It's called Somebody Feed Bill. Uh, Anthony Bourdain goes around the world Mm -hmm. and and meets all the locals and tries all this stuff. Anyway, he did this show in Mexico, and they took him to this place where they make this stuff. And so they said, you know, how are you supposed to drink this? Because with Nescal, you don't do it with the, like a shot you would at a bar, you know, with the salt. Right. But they do say you're supposed to get like a, an orange, a slice of orange, and worm salt. So when they put the plants in the fire, there are bugs, worms, and the plants that come out because it's hot, and they gather them up, and then they, I don't know, I guess. Plop I them in? I thought they were worms. I, I don't know if they're, I thought they were worms. Maybe they're just bugs. Ugh. But yeah, they either pickle them like that, or they make, they just grind them up, and they put it with salt. <laughs> and you can just put a little bit of salt on your orange, and then you take a little sip of the potion and hmm. little orange with All warm right. salt. It's not that good. I didn't enjoy it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, I got it on eBay for like four bucks a bottle. Oh. Okay. Oh. Christmas present, Roxy. There you oh, go. For okay. You. For you. Right. Yeah, worm salt. For, for uh, that person that has everything. Yes. Right. 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 <laughs> All right. So he also writes, Roxy's ew is justified. Ew. But eating the worm <laughs> is a lot more appealing if you have just finished off a bottle of mezcal. mezcal. <laughs> then again, to be doubly fair, a lot of things are more appealing 
when you're in that state. <laughs> True. <laughs> right. Episode four. Yes. Sure are braver that way. That's mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. All right, Roxy, you got the next one, right? Yes, this is from Jim Lean, episode TBD. Dear Chuck and Roxy, I really enjoyed episode 200 with Rick Devins. Thanks for reposting it, or I may never have listened to it. This is too funny. During the fun and dumb questions, I try to play along in case I am ever on the show, and one that I have struggled with was the cartoon character question. It popped in my head earlier today when listening to another episode while driving. I came up with Snoopy, and when you asked that question, I said out loud, Snoopy, and a second later, that was what Rick Devin said. Not sure that would be my answer, but I loved Charlie Brown books growing up and had most of them memorized. Jim Lean... Episode TBD. Excellent. And Littles, remember, just go to our website, Loyal Littles Pod, and scroll through the episodes. Yeah. I mean, all of them are there. Mm-hmm. And you might find one or two or three or a hundred that, you know, you're like, oh, this could be interesting. I yeah. love that he's doing prep work, though. Yes, that's true. He's doing prep work to come on. Yes, he's Thinking rehearsing. about his fun and dumb questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till he hears how we do them. And I then know. He'll be like, "Oh crap!" No, <laughs> no he, will, he will be. He will be put at ease. All right. This one's for. Uh, it says, "Dear Choxy," but I think it's for uh, Roxy. But okay. dear Choxy, first off, as always, you guys are a delight, <laughs> and I'm reminded by the one advert that you're like a George Burns and Gracie Allen for the 21st century. Oh. Mm. I think we need to put that on a sticker or something. You yeah. know, the reviews, you know, when they're like, they're looking for reviews. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, have you put that on uh, Apple and iTunes? Because that would be the perfect review for us. <laughs> that one really, that, that, that that's really that's sweet. Right. That, that's too kind, too kind. Very, very sweet. And you smoke cigars. And, oh, that's you true. Know. I can start, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He says, I was saddened to hear on the previous episode about Roxy's identity theft. <laughs> it's a terrible thing, not just yeah. for the money you lose, but also for the faith and trust in humanity you lose. That's true. I'm glad you at least had a good experience with the popo. <laughs> well, he said police, but I, I... And I'm glad on the next episode, you seemed able to laugh about it a lot. Okay. Well, he said a bit. I just, I don't know why I'm just re- rewriting. That's okay. This. You're paraphrasing. It's fine. <laughs> On a totally unrelated note, I've come up with some questions for Friday Five. Ooh, let's hear them, Chuck. Okay. Okay. Now, maybe we should just turn these into Cool Aunt Claire. <laughs> I hope he realizes that we're not the ones in charge of right, Friday Five. Right. We just do them sometimes. Yeah. Okay. All right, Roxy, here we go. Maybe, okay. Chuck, you should play along. You ready? Let's do it. Are you planning any trips out of town soon? Potentially. Mm, yeah. Nowhere exciting, but. Two. What pricey electronics do you have in your home? Um, I guess the TV. <laughs> Three, what type of security do you have for your apartment or house? None. Chuck? Uh-oh. Dog. dog. <laughs> Four, what was your mother's last name before she was married? Um, something seems a little fishy here. Number five, what is your social security number? Nope, not falling for it. Not falling for it. Ah, uh, I just got it. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a few times. Yeah, it was funny when I first read yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah. And finally, I'm glad you enjoyed the first Expendables movie, but it wouldn't be a mistake to wait the same 13 years <laughs> that it took you to get to number four to watch the latest sequel. Mm-hmm. I'll see any 80s-style action mm-hmm. movie on opening weekend and enjoyed the forequel, but... Unless you're like me and love it for its dumbness, you don't need to rush out for the expenda floorables. <laughs> it's a big step down. Mike Wolf, episode TBD. Have you ever seen the Expendables, Chuck? Uh, no, I started watching the second one. Yeah. But didn't get through it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Got interrupted and n- never went back. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. right. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Now this one's interesting. 
Okay. And Roxy is not sure how to react to this, okay? Mm -hmm. But it says, Chuck and Roxy, after hearing your discussion of watching action films, we thought we'd send you the link to the action film we wrote. <laughs> Directed, <laughs> produced, shot, edited, and starred in. Wow. And did the theme song for. Mm -hmm. And it's called To Die is Hard. <laughs> Here's the link to the <laughs> film on Tubi where it's free to watch and you don't have to sign up. So we'll try to put this link in the show notes if we can. If you get a chance to watch To Die is Hard, we hope you like it. La Cheeserie, Glenn and Allen from Norwegian Soft Kitten. We love Norwegian Soft Kitten. Yeah, of course. Now, the movie, we haven't really had a chance. Now, in our defense, it does say, in this Die Hard parody, an English professor is the John McClane of his college campus who must save the day when terrorists infiltrate the building. Okay? <laughs> now, it also says in the it's an action comedy. So yeah. Now, we haven't had a chance, but I just thought we'd read that. Not sure what to th I kind of just clicked real quick on it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, obviously it's like an hour and change. Yeah, it's so a like, full-length full movie. movie. So we thought that was interesting how one of our... Oh, main, I'm watching it. Yeah, oh, we'll watch it at some point. <laughs> but, yeah, Chuck, you'll have to check it out. All right, and finally, we don't really have time to do this, but we have the Friday Five. It was this week. It was from Chris Campbell. Episode 259. Right, recently. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to have some fun, because Chuck, Tiny Chuck, loves a good Friday Five. He does. He really does. Oh, man, I'm all about it. All right, so <laughs> what was your favorite class you have ever taken or favorite teacher you ever had and why? Uh, the one that let me skip so many times and didn't <laughs> mark me absence <laughs> would be a good, that was a good class. Is that a good uh, got a name to go with no, that? No, I would say Dr. Murray. He really kind of uh, kind of enlightened me about the history of music mm. in okay. ways that I hadn't really, you know, I was just in high school. I never really thought about it or, or cared about it. And when I got to college, he kind of synced it all up with the stuff that I was playing. And it was beyond the music. It kind of, you know, what was going on in history during when things were being written mm. and all this kind of stuff. It just made it a little more artistic than just notes on a page right yeah um, gotcha mine's connie malone shout out high school english teacher mm. changed my life mm -hmm. don't need to go into more than that mm -hmm. but yeah mm -hmm. you have one a school teacher or a dance teacher doesn't matter well just as a teacher i mean i had Educator. two dance teachers deanna and jen and they were both rockettes and they kind of helped they took me under their wing they guided me as i was learning and growing at a young age and Actually, Deanna took me into New York to give, get me my first headshots. She came with me to help with that. And then Jen brought me to New York to go to my first ever audition, which I got cut right away, but she gave me the best advice ever. And that was, if you can handle a hundred no's before you get a yes in this business, you will be okay. Yeah. And absolutely. I said, great, bring mm. it on. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. So. All right, you two, we got to get out of here, unfortunately. But yes. um, I don't know how to say it again, but thank you. Thank you. Tim Kirchin. Yes. For coming Duh, on legend. to meet the Littles. I know. I know, right? Legendary. It's crazy. Legendary. I just, the, the thoughts, <laughs> and I say it every time, we're lucky enough to have we're so lucky. You know, Steve Sands mm -hmm. or Pablo Torre or mm -hmm. any of these bigs you yeah. know, that, that are willing to come on for the Littles yes. to tell their story. You know, because they don't get to do that on the big show. No. They don't normally do that. No. They just come on, talk about baseball, yep. and then they get off, you know, and that's it. So, uh, it's, Is he in the Hall of Famer? Uh, I th uh, yeah, I believe so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe so. I think Tim Kirchner's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, jeez. Yeah. Tim freaking Kirchner. I, know. <laughs> right. I love that we kept that now. from Chuck. I know. That's hilarious. I didn't even think <gasps> about that at first. He was like, I'm sorry, who? 
He's I like, have to brag a little bit, but I'm on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. All right, go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. All the information you need is over there. Especially how to get in touch with us to get your Toy Hall of Fame entries in. Yeah. Don't forget that. Great prizes. Mm-hmm. And remember, if you do listen to us on Apple and iTunes, please give us a nice rate and review over there. We really appreciate it. Yes. And if you need a book. Go to aaronsbooks.com. Don't forget to go over there and use our code LLPOD. In the comment section. In the comment section. Check out. Yep. And then head on over if you need self-help. Self-care. I did it again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Save that. Leave it in. (laughs) That's the outtakes I'm talking about. Totally. Bloopers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And if you need self-care. Go to modernselfcare.us. Same thing. Use, Use our, our code. code. LLPOD. Oh, I was going to make Chuck do that. Oh. Chuck, do you know our code? Well, you do now. But... <laughs> LLPOD. I just heard it. Oh, yeah. You just heard it. All right. Well, I wear. Fog free. <laughs> All right. Get out of here. Go celebrate your rose. Thanks for coming on, Chuck. We really appreciate yeah. it. And as always, if you are out shopping online tonight, don't forget to use the code. Avocado. Too much time taking shortcuts. Should have learned it the right way. Cause patient hands tend to wisdom. From sunken ships and renegades. Oh, I got too much time to lose, and I don't think I'm pulling through. I try to follow all the paths that lay before me. It only takes just one mistake to hit the ground A spiral down And when a king loses his crown It's just a warning I'm doing my best So why do I feel like a liar? Get out of my head My dancing shoes are on fire in hell this one's for me and i don't need no help you'll catch me in the summer singing to myself this one's for me Woo! come on i don't want to wait around for everyone to figure out that i'm the villain in all my stories it's ali when joe's around myself when I'm down One left hand, shoulder glory I'm doing my best So why do I feel like a liar? Get out of my head My dancing shoes are on fire This one's for me When I'm not doing well Don't run for the covers Just keep raising I'm doing my best Why do I feel like a liar? And oh, get out of my head My dancing shoes are on fire Cause this one's for me When I'm not doing well Don't run for the covers Just keep raising hell This one's for me
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, jeez, oh man, another little. Oh, yeah.